2: Wrestling for Florida, featuring, of course, one of my broadcasting idols, the great Gordon Sully. Dusty Rhodes, though, a real fa- How could that be the American dream? <laughs> Dusty Rhodes.
3: I-, I will never really understand that concept. <laughs> That's what you want to be like? <laughs> a
2: fat guy with just absolutely insane amounts of cellulite <laughs> on his legs. Looks nothing like an athlete. His face is all marked up from the razor blade cuts that he's administered to it over the years. <laughs> Guy can't even straighten up to uh, walk out of the locker room and come <laughs> into the ring. And, and he's got a pair of red, white, and blue cowboy boots on and, like, Chuck Weppner shorts. Get out of here. That's the American dream. when some kind of one of those hideous 18-hour draft shows. Well, you know what? If they take the kid out of uh, Loyola Marymount. <laughs> huh? They even have a football team? Uh, yeah, I kind of got that mixed up there, John. I think that kid's going to go in the NBA. <laughs> All right. No, you, know, you start to get dizzy with, with draft talk after a while. There's only so much you can slumber about on draft day, and then nothing goes the way it's supposed nothing. to, except for maybe the first couple of picks, and that's never. it. And the Dolphins never did Never. what you thought they were going to do. <laughs>
3: never,
2: never. Never. They that's... were worse than the Jets in that regard.
3: That's the only reason I got so excited with Tua, honestly. I In the end, if he's not great, it's fine. I'll admit it. They just finally did something I wanted. <laughs> like in the in 38 yeah. years of life, it's the first time they've ever, oh, you did it. Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I think Sammy Smith was the last time. Uh, exactly. <laughs> had a great sentiment about who the Dolphins should take. Yeah, we need that big running back. That's what we need, Donnie Boy. Surely, even felt like. You think he uh, regretted drafting Sammy Smith?
3: Oh, yeah. But he, Smith was, wasn't a bad pick at the time. He just became no, like Mr. Fox. No, Fomo. it seemed like a brilliant piece right? <laughs> wow.
2: You had the hands of stone. Hey, Roberto, get in there. No, you're still ahead. Don't worry about the posturing. Just get in there and fight, Roberto. Forget about the two hot dogs you had before the fight. What did he eat? A couple of chili dogs there? That was in New Orleans. Imagine you went uh, cruising around, uh, eating whatever you could because you'd made the weight. And you're Roberto Duran, who had a tendency to blow up like 30 pounds between fights. <laughs> no wonder he couldn't fight that night with the no thing.
0: The time! Wake up with Defo, joined by Luby. Welcome to The Defo Show.
2: Well, once again, everybody, it's great to be with you here on 9:40 Winds 12:30 the Zone, and around the world on the iHeart Radio app. So happy you made the radio choice, or as we often refer to the airport radio accident, where the rental car had 9:40 Winds at 12:30 the Zone, on especially out of Palm Beach. I think that's very common. I believe we have some ties there, the iHeart people, with the people that run the rental car. Counters there, and uh, they, they have the radio set to 1230, zone. So if you're catching us by accident, although uh, nobody's traveling, right, Luby? It's still pandemic city out there. Jeff DeForest, Mike Luby Lubitz with you on his fine Monday. Appeal yourself off the mat Monday. Nobody traveling, right, Luby? Or people driving. Are to, That's what we you know, did. Spending more time in your car. Yeah, I mean, uh, just going a long way. Did you have some kind of vacation-type weekend, uh, Luby? Uh, are you coming off? A couple of days of just uh, R&R, rest and relaxation. Yeah, I mean, we did nothing this weekend, but I'm Florida. saying that
3: week that week when we went to Helen, we drove. A lot of people are doing the oh, drive kind of that was a mistake,
2: though. You, you won't admit now that that was a mistake? You're like Matt LaFleur. Loved it. Just stand up there after the game and say, hey, listen, <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened there. You think Matt LaFleur, who, uh, you know, is supposed to be another one of these boy geniuses, Ever? I mean, what the heck was that? He goes for the field goal. The two-point conversion thing, I don't you know, I don't necessarily try to condemn those because, uh, you know, you want people to be aggressive in these spots, and you're thinking, all right, if the guy had a notion he had a play that could make it. Uh, and uh, Mike Westhoff would be a good one to talk to about these coaching decisions. He's going to join us after a deal Volkswagen to Force Files uh, later on this hour, about 7.35. Mike Westhoff, I know he's a personal favorite of many of you guys who were Dolphin fans especially when he was here, and then uh, later on with the Jets and, of course, distinguished himself again as a special teams. Is it cliche to call a guy a guru, Luby? Guru. Uh,
3: you say a not when it's a in the case of my Off.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking how many gurus could there be? There, there are only like a handful. Uh, are there a handful of gurus? Or, or if you're the guru, are you the only guru? Are you the big Maka? As they say, I there can be oh, more anyway, than West, one guru. Yeah. There
3: can't be forty, but you can have multiple gurus.
2: I have to say this too, and uh, you know, and anybody that uh, had an opinion on the game, so feel free to call us at eight six six eight zero one zero nine forty. We'll get into that because uh, there are many different things working here, including uh, just a tremendous storyline. No, although uh, is Brady getting too much credit? I hate to diminish what this guy's done, because, and I don't mean this in this fashion. But uh, the second half, I mean, the guy's just uh, throwing out picks like he was passing out bar mitzvah invitations, no? One, two, three in a row. Now, one, uh, unfortunately, uh, he he put the ball in a good spot. Receiver couldn't come up with the play. And it was a difficult pass, downfield, down the middle, tight coverage. And, and unfortunately, it bounced off a guy's hands. I mean, and that's one of those things that uh, when you look at quarterback ratings and statistics like that, that it's an aberration. I mean, uh, this wasn't really any great fault of Tom Brady, although, yeah, it wasn't an easy pass to catch, but he, he put it in one spot. It was, it was a real good throw overall. Ends up being an interception. Uh, the other couple uh, were wild. And how about that guy? How What kind of alligator arms? I think the last time I, I saw a guy uh, shorten up his arms like that, that green bag defensive back that missed like a blue pass, Brady throws uh, a pass that they invoke the infield fly rule. It goes right through the hands of a Green Bay Packer defender. And those arms were as short as yours are when the check comes to the table, Luby, at one of those media dinners, and especially with, with the Deal Volkswagen when we were at the Capitol Grill. Remember when the check came? And uh, all of us scattered except for, of course, the uh, you know the, the main man there at uh, Deal Volkswagen. And, uh, you know, he, he very graciously picked up that check. But, uh, I mean, how, how does that guy not pick off that pass there? And then subsequently a touchdown – like a ridiculous turnaround before the half. Uh, just bozoic coaching decisions by Matt LaFleur with what I thought was a very good Green Bay team. Uh, did that game, I, I guess it came as a surprise to some, but uh, it did create the best storyline, did it not? Mike luby limits, what do you think?
3: Uh, see, to me, I would have been very happy seeing the reigning MVP in Aaron Rodgers versus last year's MVP, or two years ago's MVP in Patrick Mahomes. That would have been fine with me.
2: Rogers' face after this game, uh, I, I don't know if he felt the same way about uh, Olivia Munn. You know, but when she told him that was it, that we're finished, or do you think that he tossed her out? I'm, I'm not sure. Or is that a mutual, uh, they will always respect each other, they are connected as soulmates forever? Not sure how that No, thing no, happened. no.
3: Rogers doesn't end his relationships on high notes. He's very uh, cut and dry when he ends his relationships.
2: Boy, he looked like he wanted to end his relationship already with LaFleur who is was uh, the, the stuff he said after
3: the game was was amazing. They, they they asked him, you know, about the play and about the this and that. And he's like, Look, uh there's a lot the problem with this game, the sad part is there's a lot of futures that are unsure right now, including me. And it's like he's under yes. contract for two more years. Yeah, they drafted Jordan Love, but there's been no talk that Aaron Rodgers will not be their quarterback next year.
2: Yeah, I mean it was almost like having Jim Gray in your face after a fight where you just got knocked out devastating fashion and gray uh, asks you uh, right away he says uh, so why uh, you, you're gonna retire you're gonna hang it up you look really bad in there <laughs> he had that uh, same kind of face on uh, just very depressed and, and uh, almost seemed like uh, he was seeing bugs aaron Rodgers uh, after the ball game did you see uh, when he embraced brady i mean he also looked absolutely despondent in that spot like he just found out that uh, I, I don't know was he ever married aaron rogers that no that the ex was getting everything everything
1: <laughs> he's going to not even
2: have, like, his underwear and socks at the end of this thing. Well, I, and I hate to uh, bring anything up like that, uh, of that nature, Luby, as uh, we're still uh, on the countdown to your wedding coming up. A lot of steam coming in on Tunica on that one, Luby, that I should go to the Tunica, Mississippi trip. I, I didn't realize this, Luby, and maybe you can uh, take this into consideration if I stiff you at the wedding, and that would be, and I, I'll include some kind of uh, gift. I, I don't know. I, I do believe I should have got a prorated return on the uh, wedding gift from last time because for uh, <laughs> if it weren't well, for the years. fact that we we all cashed on the under then uh you know i i would have felt like i was you know out you know at least a stick or two out of that uh you know sort of a weak gift i have to say but i was broke at the time Lupia. i'm sure you can appreciate that unbelievable Troll's but anyway good. yeah the, the yeah, steam yeah. is all in on tunica going to tunica i didn't realize the blues I, I should have realized this right the blues hall of fame is there so you could have gone to the gracie mansion I'm a big Elvis fan, as is the Mustang, and while I'm not inclined to take uh, you know, usual, typical tours of places, I like to just kind of find my own places whenever I go somewhere, Um, I I, would have done that uh, for the Mustang, uh, because any time you see a clip of Elvis, it's sort of mind-boggling how great this guy was. And then the Blues Hall of Fame, and you have Beale Street, and you have all kinds of great food, and it's the blues capital of the world. How how do I not go there instead of schlepping a homestead, although... That would be one of the worst rat moves of my lifetime, I think, <laughs> if I didn't show up at your wedding. I believe that to be true. That's not why I'm debating it. I mean, that's the only thing keeping me from taking uh, the casino up on this that's free junket.
3: Nice.
2: <laughs> I could have been betting these games, and we did like Kansas City, uh, did we not?
0: With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: I say at least we were right about this, and I hate to pound it because... You know, you're, you're literally, like, pounding chalk here. It's like nobody could bring themselves to bet Nick's Go, except Big Rich, Nick's Go, in the Pegasus Stakes out at Gulfstream Park on uh, Saturday. Just a brilliant day out of Gulfstream Park and a tremendous day of racing. But uh, who wants to? I mean, there's no romance in betting the chalk, is there, Luby? No, no, no.
3: You can't brag about and it. And now
2: you... You have a very short spread, albeit that uh, you would have to say it has to be at least some small advantage for Tampa Bay to be the home team hosting the Super Bowl. Just because of the way travel is and all the Meshuganah COVID-19 considerations, I I believe the teams are going to arrive like the morning of the game. <laughs> is that is that the way Goodell has laid it out? We I mean, don't want anybody in town. I don't want anybody catching nothing. Not even the slightest of calls. Mahomes, by the way, seemed to be okay, did he not? Uh, Jim Nance, did he go back on his thing? Because he had him dead on arrival. And, uh, well, I don't know what that uh, says for his chances of playing next week there, Tony. What do you think about that? Did he not look fine to you, Patrick Mahomes? Yes, in this he looked game? great. And, uh, he looked yeah.
3: unscathed. He looked tremendous. They were toiling. It's literally what I was trying to say to Aaron Schatz before he backed up. What he said with a lot of information, and I just said, I mean, your information's great, but they look bored. And that's exactly what the last two games were for the Chiefs. They looked bored heading into those two games and dominated. It wasn't even fair.
2: If Brett Tesser comes through, we congratulate Brett Tesser, the agent of the Stars. uh, Mike Remmers ended up having to move over to left tackle and may have to play that position in the Super Bowl.
3: Fisher has a torn ACL. So he will oh, most geez. definitely have to play that in the Super Bowl, and that really sucks oh, wow. because the Chiefs need Fisher. He is their best offensive lineman.
2: Starting left tackle yes. goes out. Mike Remmers, who signed a one-year deal with the Chiefs, one a Brett Tesser, the agent of the Stars' clients, say he joins us every Tuesday about 8.35, Brett, and has for years. And he got us Raheem Mostert right off his performance as the NFC Conference Championship game MVP last year after he gained like 400 yards on the ground. And it says that uh, we may be talking to Mike Remmers tomorrow. That's an interesting spot, huh? Now you're thrown to be the left tackle, starting left tackle, a veteran guy. There's so many different things, right? We don't have to talk about Dwight Freeney's ankle for two weeks, do we, Luby?
3: No, not this time around.
2: What about Brady's three picks, too? Did that influence anybody about this game? Look, I I don't want to diminish the celebration about the brilliance of Tom Brady and his career. I'm a great admirer what this guy was able to do, right? You're talking about a guy that can barely walk down the stairs now. No, not Brady. I'm talking about me, Luby. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, to be playing quarterback at 43. What is 43 as a quarterback in terms of uh, regular human years? Like the equivalent of 70, is it not? Nobody uh, would have expected uh, Tom Brady to still be doing this. And uh, they did load this team up. I mean, it was one of those great things where they got everybody. Shula tried this that one time when they were all saying that the game had passed on. Shula by, remember, he had all his number one. Former number one yes. picks on a team. We got 16 former number one picks. Yeah. Well, maybe they weren't very good picks. <laughs> no, he had some illustrious names, but I mean they stocked this team with everybody to help Tom Brady out, and it helped him get to a Super Bowl even after that seven and five start. All right, we're coming back with more in a moment. Interesting uh, matchup parallels. I-, I don't know if you would call them matchups per se because one quarterback doesn't go against another. Obviously, uh, Brady's going against uh, the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs and vice versa for Mahomes. Uh, but the coaching uh, parallel there and uh, comparison, A- Arians going against the fat man, Andy Reid. Reid has to be some kind of you know just straight-up genius too, doesn't he? Luby, you ever seen an offense like this? I-, I know we've said that before about certain teams, but when they get it rolling, man, it- it's unbelievable how open guys are. And uh, how do you get Kelsey to get like 30 catches in the game? <laughs> Uh, it's incredible yeah. what Andy Reid is able to do. And now, if this is Biennami, we'll, we'll get into that in the next segment. Supposedly, we have to fly here. Mike, why stop? Yes.
3: is the one that sets up the plays in the red zone. If you notice, I think they were six for six scoring inside the red zone or five, five for five. They had like four, four straight TDs touchdowns and one field goal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll Not take them. <laughs>
2: I would say this just real quickly here. If, if enemy has anything to do with that offense, if he even attends the meetings, it would be worth giving him a shot because I watched him in an interview just a couple of days ago. It was great. And I haven't seen, you know, that many enemy interviews. I would say I never came across him really speaking very much as a player, if at all, when he was playing in the AFC there with the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, he's a good player, so he's probably interviewed many times as a player after ball games or before games. But but he, he sounded very much together. I mean, what, why are they saying this guy blows the interviews all the time? And that that was the reason that nobody's hired him. One job left.
3: Because they don't, they, they don't want to say racism. They want to say everything but racism. So they find the only excuse you can come up with was, well, these guys are just great at interviews. Okay.
2: <laughs> Hank Aaron's going to be rolling over in uh, his grave if he's in there yet. My God. All right. Back with more in a moment. Uh, Mike Westhoff coming up in a few minutes. A deal Volkswagen, the forest files, and many other things happening on the show, including the great... Tommy Hutton, looking forward to talking to baseball with Tommy Hutton and his experiences with the great Hank Aaron. The Greek at three o'clock today. He's Mike Luby Lubitz. I'm Jeff DeForest. A hey, peel yourself off the mat. Monday is underway here on nine forty wins twelve thirty the zone and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. Back in a moment. Now that the time it's seven twenty one.
0: Yeah, uh, this is Kentucky
4: Fried Chicken uh, drive-thru. Uh, let me have a nine-piece, well-done, extra crispy. Uh, my two sides give me a clueless manager and a terrible bullpen. Let me get one side. Uh, side. Uh, there Give me a meddling, morale-killing owner. We now return to The Defoe Show.
2: more to do here on the program glad you guys are with us on 940 Wins 12:30, the zone and around the world on the iheart radio app jeff DeForest and one mike luby lubitz with you just a few minutes away from uh, getting mike westoff here on the program mike westoff of course uh, i want to say wow i mean uh, was he like 12 years each place maybe 15 with the dolphins and another what was he in new york a dozen years mike luby lubitz or am i adding uh, years to this man's life Probably am exaggerating I get here. the exact time, but yeah.
3: he was there
2: for a long time. Coach so. with the great Doug Shula, and of course Rex Ryan, uh, and was famous. I don't know that anybody. It's interesting, because uh, Mike uh, doesn't use uh, a lot of swear words. Never has uh, cursed on the air here, but uh, the HBO Hard Knocks thing, when Westhoff really took over the show, even out, upstaging Rex, can you imagine? Because Rex is a dynamic speaker, uh, especially when he's in front of a... You know, a team that he's coaching and he can really make you think and believe that what he has to say is absolutely the gospel truth. But nobody had, I mean, even Pesci in Casino didn't lace his conversation with as many expletives as Mike Westhoff did. I kind of like that in a coach, a real salty guy. We'll see what he thinks. Uh, He was ready to fire Doug Peterson, which uh, he did eventually get fired for that ridiculous Fugazi move of taking out his starting quarterback, Jalen Hurts, in that game uh, to end the regular season and uh, widely criticized for that. Matt LaFleur, I can't imagine that anybody wh- what would be the logic? Uh, give me one single stream of logic, Luby, about kicking a field goal in that spot. you were going to have to worry about it uh, anyway, but uh, I mean, you would have to figure you had a much better chance of taking a shot with Aaron Rodgers, uh, the king of pulling rabbits out of his hat. And uh, you weren't at the 45-yard line. You were at the freaking 8-yard line. And if you were going to hope that your defense could hold them, you may as well hope that they could hold them after taking a shot to tie the ball game uh, when you really had the chance, not knowing if you were going to get another, but at least leave them inside the 10-yard line, no? It was an uh, absolute no-brainer decision. I-, I don't know that anybody could ever justify going for a field goal in that spot. We'll see what Mike Westhoff has to say. That's coming up in just a few minutes. A deal Volkswagen to Forest Files. A little tribute to the uh, great Hank Aaron, who passed away on Friday. And you had me scared. I thought it was Hank Goldberg. He just sent me that text that said, hammering Hank with an exclamation point, Luby, And I thought, wow, don't tell me Hank checked out. But he didn't. It was uh, Hank Aaron, which is just as unfortunate, obviously. Back with more in a moment. Now that.
1: The time.
2: It's 729. It may have looked that way, but we know nothing came easy that story in a moment hi jeff DeForest here for the great people at deal volkswagen out with the old and in with the almost new save big on a certified pre-owned vehicle from deal vw you got to go to dealvolkswagen.com and go to the pre-owned tab there you can scroll down and see the great quality selection they have in cpo vehicles folks they have only showroom quality vehicles many with only one owner you won't find a better selection of cpo vw models outside of deal it's like getting a new car without paying the new car price. And they're basically selling them wholesale to the public. All come with a clean Carfax vehicle history report as well. Great mileage, better prices, Jetta models, Passat models, and Tiguan models, all with Volkswagen-backed warranties. And all at the brand-new pre-owned showroom. Get into a New Year's state of mind with a certified pre-owned vehicle. Celebrate 2021 with big savings. No-
0: with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
2: No hassle and no fuss. Visit Deal at their brand-new pre-owned showroom at 3650 Bird Road, and you'll be like thousands of happy customers saying it's all about the D-E-E-L. Carfax vehicle history reports are based only on information supplied to Carfax. Carfax does not have the complete history of every vehicle. To this day, there are still many who think Dodger pitcher Al Downing intentionally grew to win the Hank Aaron. On that historic night in April of 1974, when Hammer and Hank planted career homer number 715 into the Braves' bullpen and into the awaiting hands of Braves reliever Tom House. Aaron had finished the 73 season one shy of tying the Bambino for the all-time mark. And despite the Braves' desire to sit number 44 in the season's opening three-game series on the road to enable him to break the career home run record at home, Commissioner Bowie Kuhn had mandated Aaron play at least two of the three games in the initial set. Aaron had set the stage for the record breaker with a home run in his first at bat in that series. Coming home, sitting on 714, a capacity crowd was on hand for that April 8th game against Los Angeles. And Downing, who had resurrected his career on the West Coast by changing his pitching style that once featured a blazing fastball to being more of a finesse lefty, served up a high, hard one straight into Aaron's wheelhouse on his second at bat. There was speculation the pitch was a setup, that Downing, sympathetic to Aaron's plight, and to the arduous pressure of the chase served one up on a platter so that hank could quell the pressure years later long after downing's retirement we had a chance to interview him and tossed out that proposition for his response downing bristled at the notion in a terse response that was convincing enough to dispel any belief the pitch was a setup perhaps everyone should have known better nothing aside from his tremendous skill power consistency and grace came easily for aaron as a major leaguer especially not in the latter stages of that home run chase. Amidst death threats, and constant barrage of discrimination and racially charged vitriol, Aaron played his way out of the Negro Leagues and the racist atmosphere in the South, where black players were treated like anything but an equal for the better part of 20 years. He received death threats and thousands of pieces of hate mail between the 73 and 74 seasons as he sat one off the all-time home run mark got so bad and so widely known, Louis Broussard, then the sports editor of the Atlanta Journal, actually had an obituary ready for Aaron just in case someone acted on the many threats that were also coming into the newspaper for their support of Aaron's quest. When Aaron passed away Friday at the age of 87, he left us with the same royal sense of dignity he used to deflect the innate racism of the times and the mind-boggling ignorance and hatred he had fended off throughout his brilliant baseball career may have looked that way as you examine the accomplishments, but what Aaron endured was far from easy. He more than earned every bit of his greatness, including the night he stroked, number 715. Jeff DeForest for the DeForest Bucks. Well, Mike Westhoff uh, of SNY, longtime special teams coach. Greatest of all time, no, a- uh, who would you take? Travis Williams going way back, the Flea?
4: Uh, Devin Hester didn't. He, he, he didn't run across the street against any team that I had much as I, I love him and respect them, I and love it. <laughs> didn't. I'm sorry. I, I, actually, I, I got to know Deion Dion Sanders very well, and I've talked to him lots of times, and I told him, I said, if you'd had to play us every week, you'd be working as a greeter at Walmart.
3: <laughs> it's now time for The Defo Show. Wow, well, I good. I
2: knew that I wouldn't have. So many things to discuss with well, this particular man, and uh, glad because uh, he, he's going to end up writing the definitive book on professional football, his life in it, and the many stories uh, that he has shared with us uh, through the years are going to be expanded upon, and uh, it's going to be brilliant when this book comes out. We welcome Mike Westoff longtime special teams coach here with the Dolphins, of course, the New York Jets, and then later on the New Orleans Saints Came out of retirement much better. Uh, coming out of retirement than Conor McGregor had the other night in the uh, UFC thing. Mike Westoff <laughs> joins us here on the show. You, you didn't get knocked out, man, uh, when you came back with the Saints uh, after no, uh, no. a year or two out of the game.
4: No, I didn't. We, it was. Uh, I had a ball. We were really good. I mean, Saints were a very good football team, and it was a lot of fun, Jeff. I had a. It was a very good experience, and I'm glad I did it. It was uh, something I, I will relish uh, very, very highly.
2: All right, and and, uh, we'll talk some more about the book and uh, when it's coming out, when it's going to be finished. I know you've been working very hard on that. It should be brilliant, but mind-boggling. Tony Sperano, I couldn't help but think that he's off the hook after this Matt LaFleur thing. And one of the reasons that it's always great having you on the show is uh, you'll go ahead and uh, tell it like it is, the old Howard Cosell deal. What kind of uh, thinking? Is there any logic to justify trying for a field goal in that spot, the way the game was going?
4: No. No, <laughs>
2: so I'm with no. you. I mean, how, how ridiculous of a decision is that?
4: No, you because you're you're gonna you're 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 not gonna get the ball back. Right, and you're not gonna get it back. You're just it's it's well, if you get it back, it's. I mean, I think uh, what what you really have to do there, uh, and this is something that a lot of people don't do. When you get down in that situation, you have to make sure. That you know well, this is 4 down territory, not okay. We we're going to go for it on fourth down. You know, so you're going to call all of your plays knowing that you've got four. That you are not going to settle unless something crazy happens, of course, a penalty or something like that. And, and so, you know, a lot of it, what the plays that you call, play that you call on third down, is dictated by knowing that you're. If you don't get it, we're going. You know, we're, we're going to line up again. And so that has a lot to do with it. So it's not a thing that you get down to the end and say, oh, well, let's kick a field goal or let's not. No, 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 don't even think about that. Uh, You've got to be prepared to do that. And and it's pretty obvious that they absolutely were not.
2: Bill Belichick, uh, a lot of conversation about this. Uh, I guess it's not uncommon uh, in sports journalism, if you will, today, to uh, try and imagine what people might be thinking. And uh, many people throughout the season uh, and since uh, the split, i have been saying, well, you know what, Brady wants to stick it to Belichick, and what is Belichick thinking now that Brady's back in a Super Bowl? With what you know of Bill Belichick, I- I'm inclined to believe that, uh, you know, he realizes that maybe this just, uh, you know, it didn't work out for him this year, but uh, would he be inclined, in your opinion, Mike Westhoff, to be embracing the idea that his man Brady, who gave him so many brilliant seasons and nine Super Bowl appearances, six championships, th- that he would be okay with them going back there with Tampa Bay? That's
4: interesting that that's really interesting um knowing what i know of bill belichick probably not <laughs>
2: <laughs> i had a feeling i might have been dead wrong about that i, I wanted to make a case that uh, I, you know
4: I, it's, a good, it's an yeah. interesting point and i know they have tremendous respect for one another and, and certainly a very an, an interesting kinship and um you know and and that wouldn't i, I i'm teasing in a way i honestly yeah. don't know i don't think bill belichick would ever uh, imagine anything that n- not be happy for a person that was with him. And they did such great things. Uh, Tom Brady's a special individual. I, I was actually at the, in the game, uh, his first, his first NFL game back in 2001. After nine 11, I was with the jets and we went up and played them uh, played new England and uh, our linebacker Mo Lewis drilled, you know, Bledsoe and Tom Brady came in his first game ever. And uh, you know, and we won. You're responsible. No, they should erect a statue to Mo Lewis now. It, uh, <laughs> he's the guy that got it all started. I remember walking off the field thinking, Who, who's that skinny little kid that came in? It boy, he's pretty good. He can throw the ball. And uh, we hung on and won. It was a very good football game. But you know, that was the beginning of of Tom Brady. And uh, wow, he's really a special individual. Tampa's loaded. They've got a lot of good. Talent around them. Good offensive line to protect them. Excellent group of receivers. Uh, and so they're 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 a good football team. And Tom Brady, wow, he just keeps going. He's really a special, special individual.
3: All right, I'm coming to you from the Offlease only studios, defense at the Barefoot Beach Village Verbal Laboratory, talking to the legend. The great one himself, Coach Mike Westoff Uh, coach jumping back to the Matt LaFleur thing, look, everyone's wanted to hire the young gun. Head coach, since we've seen Sean McVay, and then you had Cliff Kingsbury, who's doing some interesting things with Arizona. So you bring in Matt Lafleur, and they've had a great year statistically. They had a great season, but if you watch that game, it really felt like—and I know a lot of the times us media guys say "out coached," and it's just some intangible expression. It didn't feel like that. Like before the half, they were totally unprepared. That play was utterly ridiculous. Then the field goal, which was dumb. The play calling around the goal line. I mean, th- th- it was not creative at all, and it just felt like that entire game, Matt LaFleur was outcoached. Like, does that give teams going forward maybe some pause? Look, Sean McVay got totally outcoached in the Super Bowl he was in. Like, it feels like these young guys, yeah, they, they're fun, they're great, but when it comes down to the big moment, to me, it feels like they're sort of not prepared when it gets to that time.
4: <laughs> that's interesting. That's a, that's a <laughs> tough way to look at it. That's a little harsh, but uh, I'm, I, it's hard to say you're wrong. You know, so much of it comes from uh, experience, Yes, you know, guys that have done it, put it together. You've done it for a long time. You're prepared for those things. I, I think when you get down in that, that situation with LaFour there, again, as I said, I'll go back to that concept of, of you have to be, you just know. You know, you know what you're doing going in. Now, a penalty or a big loss of a play can disrupt that. But under normal circumstances, you know, hey, we've got four downs here. And every play is called predicated on that philosophy. You're not even thinking, hey, should we kick a field goal here at the end? Or No, 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 no. We, we're going to get a touchdown. We're going to score. And you do those types of things. Um, I did it one time up in New York. I did a study of, of what took place on, on fourth down. I studied all the northern teams like that we played, you know, that were in the same weather and same outside environment. And I, I did a study for it and came up with the fact that nothing good happened. I, I didn't want to, you know, we were. I, I did it where I had, I had a young man help me where when we crossed the 50 yard line, I, I broke it down into two, two sections. And, um, you know, we studied Cleveland and Pittsburgh and Buffalo, New England, uh, let's see, Philadelphia, Washington, et cetera, et cetera. All those, uh, th- those types of teams. And we came up with a philosophy in the two years that we went to the championship game with, you know, and we had Mark Sanchez was our quarterback who, who managed the team. He was not a great quarterback, but he did a solid job. And, uh, and, and we, we, we knew we were going for it on fourth down. We were in four-down territory. We didn't care. But what it what it did, I can remember I would look at Rex and I'd hold up four fingers, and, and Rex knew. You know, He would talk to, to Brian Schottenheimer, and he'd, he'd do the same. And so we called plays accordingly. You know, He would call them accordingly. Now, if something happened, then the ball came back to me as a special teams coordinator, and I would make a decision to punt or to kick. And uh, we were outstanding with it. It really helped us. So again, sometimes you have to do that. It's not just grabbing plays and calling them off a sheet of paper, it's a philosophy that you develop and you have it in your mind. You know that situation, you know going in how you're going to handle it. I mean, to me, and I actually did a lot of work on this in my book when I talked about things, no one was better at that than Don Shula. Mm-hmm. I mean, the boss, he was really good at it. I mean, he knew, you know, he, he knew ahead of time. Don't even look kick a, you know, he'd look at you a field goal. He'd look at you like you're crazy. Get out of here. <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, he knew it. You know, he just had that, you know, he knew the, the philosophy of what he wanted to get done the whole time. And then he was able to call the play accordingly. So I think sometimes with young, uh, inexperienced coaches, um, that certainly can happen to you. That can happen, and it did happen.
2: Looking at the other game, uh, Andy Reid, of course, is going to be, the other coach in the Super Bowl uh, and uh, Bruce Arians going to be sort of in a, in a comparison matchup with Reed. Uh, are we are we missing something here? I mean, should this guy not be talked about in the same parameters as Bill Walsh? Because that that offense is definitely unique in, in today's NFL. Granted, he has excellent personnel, but he helped put that together. And uh, you know, I mean, if he's not reading those plays off a Chinese menu, which we've always thought was on the back side of that chart that he has. In his hands uh, but where the heck is he getting this stuff from and is it unique in your opinion uh by today's NFL standards what he's doing
4: yeah he i think he's I think he's really special i was and, I, and i've gone against him a number of times and I was never on a team that beat him yeah never, wow. never. That's never he used to say a lot he, he used to own and he used to own and Rex ryan is, is a good defensive coach Rex is a very good defensive football coach and Andy Andy would he owned him Oof. he owned him wow I mean he killed him he, he he knew he knew he, what he he just seemed like he killed it. it seemed like we had no chance you know I mean it wasn't we were you know at halftime we were you know looking to see where the buses were we we're ready to get on them <laughs> and get out of there I mean he just he it, he's exceptional <laughs> exceptional offensive coach exceptional now he's gone through a realm with defensive guys that that you know he's been up and down etc. Now when he was at Philadelphia and he had the great Jim Johnson who I used to coach with a long time ago in college Jim was a incredible defensive coordinator now they were really something special than those guys you know they they went to a number of championship games they you know they they didn't quite go win the super bowl like they could have but they, they were very very good and then but andy's outstanding on offense now he's got the great weapons with McCombs and uh and kelsey's in another dimension the guy catches what did he have yesterday 10 catches or whatever it is yeah, it looks like, he he like 25 kid. catches yeah yeah that's exactly that's what it feels like in and every time it's a big play, uh, they're, they're really good, and I think he's exceptional as an offensive coach. And along the lines of a Bill Walsh, that's the type of conversation he, he deserves to be, and I, I firmly believe that. I think you're absolutely right.
2: Mike Westoff with us here on 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, and the iHeartRadio app. Uh, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't try to get an opinion, and uh, just a quick thought here about the Dan Campbell press conference. Where uh, he really came off as like bedbug Eddie or something, like he wanted to cut off somebody else's thumbs. <laughs> this thing, uh, what do you know of this man? And do you think he uh, will be able to do anything in Detroit, which has been kind of a hopeless spot uh, and a place for coaches I, I, to die and
4: you know, go first back time, to being first time I had Any any bit of contact, know who he was. You know when he took over for you guys down there in Miami yeah. for that rest of the season. Remember that he took over, yes. and he I thought he did, did a right. pretty good job. You know, he yes. brought an element of toughness. He you know he played at Texas A and M. It was a blocking tight end in the league. Dan's a tough guy. Now he was at the saints when I was there and and I never saw any of that type of behavior on the field. You know, a matter of fact, we didn't have a tight end that could block anybody down there when I was there. <laughs> um, but, but Dan, Dan's a tough guy and a hard nose and, and, and I see what he wants to do. It, it's interesting. Um, you know, that, that he's looking at that, that, at that, well, I got a kick out of it. You know, we're going to get knocked down and, you know, bite off a kneecap. And, you know, yeah. I'm waiting for the guy that, that, on his football team that pulls in from California, you know, driving a Tulsa and tells a kneecap. Yeah, I'm a vegan. I don't need to <laughs> 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 I know how he's going to handle that guy. That's going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I kind of yeah. got a it. I laughed. If you're not buying that in. Anything else. Yeah, it.
2: That was great. <laughs> I laughed. <All> right, uh, <laughs> when's the book coming I out? I don't know a- if he any- needed
4: that one, Yep. Yeah.
2: Any details uh, on a book uh, coming out, Mike Westhoff? Working on this? Yeah, thing. It's I'm be almost brilliant.
4: finished. I'm almost okay, done. Okay, good. I'm writing the last part. I'm kind of writing a part of. I have some thoughts for the future. You know, the kicking game has so much been diluted in the NFL. Diluted. I'm being kind. It's pretty much disappeared. It's done, uh, yeah. You just don't. They don't have the number of plays. I've got a couple thoughts. It'll be interesting. Uh, it, it, it'd be interesting I, when the NFL reads it. They're, they're going to. It'll be interesting. I love doing it. I've had the. It's the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. Uh, I write nearly every. It's almost a year now. Mm. Almost every day, uh, seven a.m. till around eleven a.m. Unless I go fishing. That's what I do. That's what I, my life has been this past year. Like all of us, you know, we've all taken that step back. Um, yes, and it's been okay. I've thoroughly enjoyed it because I'm going back and reliving at what I did as, as a special teams coach. And I did it totally by accident. It came by accident. Uh, the best time it's ever been that, that there ever was with that because, because so many rules have changed all of it. You know, we basically there, there was, there, there, it really had not, the job had not been uh, embellished at all. So I came along and I could be extremely creative and there was nothing governing governing me. The so heck I, I, you could do anything. And I tried everything. so, and then all the fact that we interviewed so many guys. I've got a guy, Barry, uh, Barry Woolner, who's a writer. Now, I write every word, but he edits it, and he conducted the interviews. So to, to read, you know, to go along and to read what I something that was happening and then hear how Zach Thomas described it, or hear O.J. McDuffie, what he said about it, or Lewis Oliver, or the great guys, Leon Washington with the Jets, um, it's really been fun for me, and I think people will enjoy it. It's just a, it's a good sports book. I I really believe it. I'm very, very proud of it. Uh, I'm going to be proud when we put it together. We're not quite done yet. Getting close. uh, Figure it out. It's what I did. It's people that didn't have everything, and they figured it out. So uh, thank you for asking. I'm proud, and I can't wait to get it finished.
2: I wish LaFleur had read it uh, before the game yesterday, if you were a Packer (laughs) fan, for sure. (laughs) Mike, always a pleasure, my friend. Thanks so much. Yeah, he hasn't figured it out yet. That's for sure. He's still trying to justify it. Thanks for being with us. Always a pleasure, my friend.
4: Okay, great. Thank you. I always enjoy listening. I like being on. It's fun to talk with you guys.
3: Be safe.
2: Always great. Always great. The great Mike Westoff. always a brilliant man to discuss football with. All right, we have to run. We're coming back with more of the Greek coming your way at 3 o'clock today. Luby, a big star on the Greek show on Friday. There's a big buzz around that uh, appearance that you made uh, all over South Florida. Back with more in a moment. Now that.
3: The time.
2: I'm talking about the Luby show. It's uh, 7.55
3: you really good if they
2: get the right guy, honestly.
3: It's now time for The Defo Show. A
2: lot more to come. We're going to talk about Hank Aaron with Tommy Hutton, the great Tommy Hutton of Fox Sports Florida and the Marlins broadcast team, a tremendous gentleman and individual as well. That's coming up in the 8 o'clock hour of the program. In the 9 o'clock hour, Billy Gardell, comedian and television star. will join us as well. I'm Jeff Forrest. He's Mike Luby Lubitz. Back with more 940 Wins, 1230 The Zone, Around the World, on the iHeartRadio app. And appeal yourself off the mat Monday with the Greek coming up at 3 o'clock. Back with more in a moment. Now that...
0: The time. It's 8 a.m., people. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.